Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Strefford and Chat. I really don't know what to say. I'm, I'm so just done. <laughs> I'm so real st- sad I'm boy sad. hours. I am cheesed. Um, I, I my day was ruined yesterday, and it's still ruined. Um, I couldn't sleep last night because I was actually just just livid. I was so disappointed with how everything turned out. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it. it it sucks. There's, there's no other way to describe it. Um, but you also have like that sense of feeling that, uh, we got what we deserved. We got our just desserts in the end. Um, I mean, it's the classic tale. Like how many times have we seen it this season, just an absolute shambles in the first half. And this time the hole was just a little too deep to dig ourselves out from. Yeah, so for those of you who were living under a rock, um, we were I wish I was out. you. I wish I was yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly wish I were. But uh, we were knocked out of the Champions League, uh, down into the Europa League where we belong. Uh, we squandered a great start to the group stages, and uh, we lost a deciding match against RB Leipzig 3-2. Somehow... We managed to scrape two goals, you know, within two or three minutes at the very end. Gave me, gave me a little bit of hope. That's what that that's what we do best, eh? We just give us a little bit of hope. Just like to I knew this was going to happen. Just I to squash it. I just knew it was going to happen, and and like that third goal. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll briefly, you know, um, go over the goals. I think um, the first goal, Angelino, like Wambasaka, just gave him too much space. It was. I don't know what he was doing. I think that was one of his worst performances this year. I think along with the the Brighton match, mm-hmm. I think it was had to do something with with fatigue. I, I think by his standards, I, I don't think sure. that was I mean, a normal performance. From every Aaron. player, you know, has their off games. Sometimes it happens. Um, I guess. I, I guess like we can start with just how we how we set up. Um, kind of, we kind of talked about it last podcast. We thought. That there's a, I mean, I was thinking that we would go sort of five back and Luke Shaw could come back. Um, that's what happened. We got Luke Shaw back from injury. So that's good news. We got Luke back. A little bit of more rotation in the squad. That's never bad. Um, but, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose. If you're playing five at the back and you're playing more defensive, to let in two goals in the first, what is it, 20 minutes, that's probably not a good strategy. I don't think that's what Ali wanted them to do. Um so, yeah, and they were pretty poor goals to concede. I mean, like you said, Aaron Wambasaka um, probably tracked the wrong man as the ball came in the box, um, left Angelino open. And then the second goal, I don't know what Luke Shaw's positioning. He was like in the middle of the pitch for some reason. Um, and then him and Matic didn't communicate on the far post and neither of them picked up uh, the goal scorer. So... Man, again, it's just it's just so sad. I mean, a lot of themes this season have been inconsistency, right? This is an inconsistent team. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, and it's not even inconsistent throughout games. It's inconsistent within games. And proof of that is this game again. I mean, tale of two halves again, just complete shambles, man. It's just it's just so hard to watch. So upsetting. Like I, I totally agree. You know why? When you mentioned we should go five at the back in the last episode, it's um, it's stable. It has worked. We're away from home, 
but what's the point of doing that if we're if you can't defend just schoolboy errors it's like it defeats the whole purpose but i guess i was against five at the back because we, we were setting up not to lose right it, obviously this is gonna sound better in, with hindsight but mm-hmm. i would have preferred if we actually kind of went for it because if we if we went with an attacking or maybe four at the back instead and we still had chances right if we got the early goal then that would have put more pressure on leipzig but that's a bunch yeah. of theoreticals it's, as well. it's it's ifs and you know it's uh it's 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 hindsight thinking sure i mean you know looking back if we if i knew that we were going to concede two goals in the first 20 minutes with a five at the back i would say okay maybe we shouldn't do five at the back um i mean i think i think the strategy was good or the theory was good ideally five at the back means you're not going to concede you let you let the game come like they have to pressure us right so they have to take risks you let the game come to us and then we break on the counter with marcus and greenwood up front which is theoretically a good idea like we're pretty good pacey attacking team but i think when that first goal went in we were shook we were shook and we didn't pick up our socks for the entire half and we could have been down three or four to be honest um and it wasn't until the second half where we actually started playing football um and you know that's just got to stop i mean in in a couple of press conferences, you know, the theme has been brought up inconsistent, inconsistent. And then Maguire and Ollie, they've, they've defended the team saying, well, if you look at it, we've actually been the most consistent, consistent team um, in the last, you know, year and a half. Or Maguire says, well, this season we've been, we've, we've been consistent as, as he likes to say, but it's just, it's not true. I mean, look at this performance. Like, come on, man. We didn't look like a team that wanted to be in the knockout stages. It's it's also it's almost mind blowing, just how the highs the high we've experienced the highest of the highs, and this has definitely got to be one of the lowest of the lows. It's it's up there with a Tottenham match, in my opinion. Hey man, even worse. Manchester Manchester Derby next weekend. Just you wait. Oh, man. <laughs> let's we'll not get let's not that. get into that right now. We'll, we'll we'll get to that later. But, you know, a lot so, of it, I mean, but, okay. But I feel like we made a lot of mistakes in this match, but there were so many other errors that were leading up to this match that definitely contributed to the downfall, right? The Istanbul away match should really never, even a draw would have been like, would have been enough. Right. I look back to that game big time. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned it in our, in our defeat against PSG where we actually played, played well. Um, I look back to that Istanbul section here away game as a complete blown opportunity and again it was two i think it was two first half like silly goals uh i mean how many times have we seen that this this season we just give up silly goals in the first half and we have to dig ourselves out of it and again like i'll keep repeating it but we got what we deserved um this was a constant thing this season and it happened again and we just we just couldn't fight back this time yeah, we ran out of luck, to be honest. We were using a lot of it in the last couple of matches. We, we just can't keep going down early. And, and it's not just the Istanbul match. Sure, okay, we, we, it, uh, things happen, right? But that PSG match last week, when Fred got that red card, oh, man, imagine if Fred, if, if Ollie took off Fred, right, and put on Pogba earlier, for example, 
right? We would we would have had Fred with McTominay today, and I think McTominay did not look the most comfortable without him. He looked a little bit lost without him, with his usual midfield you know, partner. I and wonder. I think, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, I I wonder because Matic obviously started this game, and I wondered to myself if Rayola or Minos, whatever his his name is, Pizza uh, Boy, Pizza Boy, if uh, if he hadn't made those comments on the eve of this extremely important game would Pogba have started this game instead of Matic you don't think so oh right 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 instead of because the inclusion of Matic in this for this game seems a little odd to me I feel like it that would have been Pogba had those comments not been said Pogba would have started this game yeah Ole definitely his hand was forced there I wouldn't have started Pogba if that were the case anyway though if if the if he hadn't said the comments, you would still yeah. not start Pogba. Yeah. I think so. But bear in mind, before these comments, there was no like looming. I mean, obviously, we know that he's unhappy in a sense, but there was no like, you know, extremely negative vibe around him. He he, he could, played. He, could, he, yeah. he scored, and like things were fine. He he could have played Van de Beek. To be fair. Yeah, but again, that would have been in that pivot position where he's. Ollie feels like he's a little bit more uncomfortable and we lose because we were trying to be defensive at the end of the day, right? So I feel like with... Shouldn't be. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, we had chances. Like there was that, there were a couple of chances where Greenwood could have easily leveled it. Yeah, so Marcus, the first Marcus half. Could have squared, yeah, in the first half, Marcus could have squared it to Mason like the other way around. It's just, man, it, it, like it wasn't our day, but somehow like... If we go to the third goal, like I don't know what the hell De Gea was doing. That was just that's unacceptable. They're like, what? Why are we? Why are we all crumbling apart? I mean, like, that I don't, was a difference. I don't like to put all the blame on De Gea there. I think that's a that's that has to be shared with with uh, both players there, which was Maguire and Williams. I think right. Um, I think I think they all. They all deserve part of the blame there. It wasn't just De Gea for that one. There was just there was just no communication. They all just kind of left it. And yeah, yeah. I mean, we managed to scrape a, I would say, undeserved penalty. I don't think that was a pen. Me neither. Shoulder to shoulder. Me neither. Yeah, that was not we a penalty. Very lucky. Um, yeah. That was crazy that the ref gave that. Um, but, you know, there you go. Bruno pads the stats, you know, tears for, for other fans. There you go. You love to see it. Um, and then, yeah, and then not soon after that, Maguire, um, I mean, Pogba gets the header onto Maguire, deflects off a Leipzig player, and then uh, goes in. And then all of a sudden, it's 3-2, 82nd minute, and you're thinking to yourself, hold on, are we going to do, are, are do this again? The comeback kids, once again. Um, Actually, but- even before the third uh, RB goal, Bruno hit the crossbar too. Right. Yeah. That we had we had our chances. Unlike yeah, and there was also the the there was a ball whipped in and Maguire al- almost got got on it at the end. No, it was um it was it was near the beginning of the second half. It was oh, before yeah, the Bruno. Yeah, and he could have headed it in, but it was just out of his reach. I think it was. Yeah, it was and like Maguire in. should have gotten there because he kind of stopped his run because he thought somebody would deal with the ball. I mean, it's hard to tell in that split second. <laughs> Anyways, we're at, at, at that point we're we're splitting hairs. Like, yes, we had our chances in the second half, but again, this doesn't take away from the fact that uh, we didn't deserve to win this game. We dug too deep a hole, 
and we did this to ourselves. Like we shot ourselves in the foot at the end of the day. Yeah. Like this is all on us. You know what I mean? We have to take responsibility for that loss as a team and we and they need to seriously look at themselves and address the lack of fight, um, the lack of cohesion or whatever's going on in the first half because like that doesn't make sense to just play like that in the first half and then all of a sudden you you switch it on in the second half. Like how does how does that work? Is it a mentality thing? Is it is it a broken dressing room? I mean, I don't get it. I, I don't know what I'm missing here. I don't think we have the right personnel. And we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Uh-oh. Do we have, a, do we have an Oli out? Man's no, no, I'm not, talk, not talking about the coaching. Maybe it's oh, the players. The players, okay. Yeah. We'll talk about Oli as well. But let's, let's think, you know, let's move on from the match itself. But we got to talk about some major topics, right? Let's go back to Paul. Um, well, pizza bye. Boy. Pizza Boy running his mouth once more. Not surprised, as usual, you know, with Pogba's brother always doing the exact same thing. I mean, at that point, that's enough for me. I, he has to go, whether it's in January or next summer. Like he has to leave. I, like, I don't care how talented you are. Like, Paul is not consistently talented enough to. Uh, I mean, I mean, to ignore the headaches that he causes, like Ronaldo. Um, I mean, Ronaldo has achieved so much more. Or did you see the did you see the Jamie Carragher? Um, yeah, the rant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I can I I can see that uh, train of thought. Um, Better players have left Man United, and they did not create this much of a fuss. I mean, even think about De Gea. De Gea in his peak, you know, in 2015, 2016. He could have left for Real Madrid if it weren't for that fax machine. At least he was extremely professional about it. He never ran his mouth to the media. He he put his head down, came to training, and he he was, you know, he didn't cause unnecessary drama. I right? agree. And people who are defending Paul, I don't know how you defend this because Raiola is Paul's mouthpiece. He represents what Paul thinks. And that's that's so selfish come, coming from someone who's supposed to lead the team. He's jealous that Bruno's taking all the spotlight. <laughs> he, he wishes he had the impact as Bruno. I mean, yeah, Bruno is playing the... I mean, I guess Raiolo kind of hinted towards that, that Bruno is playing in that creative role that Pogba so eagerly desires. But Because he's better. He's yeah, actually- exactly. That I mean, that that's the hard reality. I mean, Bruno is a better center attacking midfielder than Paul Pogba, and you know we've played Pogba in that position before, and we haven't had, you know, even like just a small percentage of what Bruno's been able to do when he's when he's come in, on and off. The, you know, just being a leader too, and I mean, you were like you said it before, and like Bruno is the Pogba that that we wanted, right? Like. We, we, we kind of got our Pogba, but it was through Bruno. But in terms of, of the comments, I mean, a lot of people are going to scapegoat and a lot of people after this loss are going to scapegoat um, Pogba, right? And that's fine. I mean, he he is to blame partly for this, but I mean, I think, I think the person to blame here is the agent, Rayola. I mean, he has no business um, commenting on like club matters, right? 
His job is to negotiate contracts behind the scenes for his player. It's not to comment on the current state of affairs. I mean, that's just that's just bad form. And I think long term, that's going to bite him in the ass at the end of the day. I mean, how many times has this happened before? Like, it's not a coincidence that this report from Fabrizio Romano came on the eve of our one of the one of our most important matches of the year, yeah. most important weeks of the year. I actually heard as well that Rayola made these comments last week, but Tuto Sport, the newspaper that released these comments, um, they decided to post it. I guess I mean two days ago. That would so, be devious. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's clearly some ill intent behind that. But Tuto Sport is an Italian newspaper, right? Yeah, it is. So, so I don't know what their beef is. I don't know what. Yeah. Maybe, I I, maybe there's an agenda to bring Pogba back to Juve. Maybe, maybe. I mean, he, he could go to Juve for all I care. I, I just, he needs to leave. I like, agree. I, I agree that he that he needs to leave. I just, I I really want to stress that we need to get good value for him though. I would hate and... Because we've done so much bad business lately. It's just been, we overpay and we undersell. It's just been, it's constantly that. And I would hate, I would hate, hate, hate to see us undersell Paul Pugwa and not get the value that we, that, that we should get. Because at the end of the day, if we're selling a player like Paul Pugwa, I'm expecting us to splurge on another player to strengthen our squad. Yeah, I totally agree. It depends on how much we would be able to get him, right? If he truly wants to go back to Juve, Juve can't afford him un- unless they sell someone, right? Sure, yeah. And they'll have to sacrifice something or they might have to offer a player in return. Some speculation about that as well. But what I'm trying to say is we have to reinvest. I'd rather have a much, like, I, if we don't, let's say, like, we get a reasonable fee for Pogba, which we should because his contract ends in 2022, not this year, mm-hmm. thankfully. Either we go out and get Grealish or Sancho. There's no excuse. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Grealish would be really difficult considering that he, he signed a new contract. Um, so he would be off the table. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, come summer, it's going to go back to the Jaden Sancho fiasco once again because... He's going to be available. He's going to be in the market, maybe at a more reasonable price, given that he hasn't exactly been lighting up the season from what I've heard. I haven't heard much about him. Um, so we're definitely going to be back in the market, I feel like, uh, come yeah. the summer transfer window. I don't feel like we're going to be doing anything in the January transfer window. Uh, it, it depends. It depends. Let's I think say, like, dead. if things quickly change, let's say the Pogba does get sold in January, right? Man, like it'd be a pipe dream to to go for Upamecano. Like we need another center back. We can't like sell it, Pogba in January though, because we'd get no value. Like you know what I mean? Like it it'd be too sudden. It'd be forced. Like we, like we wouldn't get proper value on him. So yeah. um, we definitely need to you know have some feelers out there for some teams that might be interested. Um, so your Madrid, your PSG, PSG, yeah, Juventus. So have have them kind of maybe start preliminary discussions behind closed doors so that we can come into some type of fair agreement come summer window because with last-minute discussions, we are terrible, apparently. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't really trust our, our 
uh, our board or, or Edward were to get a good deal done, in, you know, in last minute circumstances. Like we need a better, we need another defensive midfielder, center back and right winger. Everybody. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so let's um, bring it to a positive spin because this has been a miserable podcast. If you couldn't tell, um, there's lots of pain on Chris's face. You guys can't see it, but I can. So some positive spins on the situation. We are in the Europa League, but I think that means, well, a good thing is that we can rotate a bunch of uh, more young players into the squad. We can, um, you know, rest some some players. Uh, ideally, it'd be better to not be in the Europa League at all, but, um, you know, just giving youth a chance and players like Mason Greenwood to get more reps in, it's, it's always a good thing. And I think that because we're in the Europa League, maybe... Dean Henderson stays, doesn't leave in January because now he should be our first choice goalkeeper for every Europa League game that we have uh, moving forward. Thoughts? I, I sure hope so. Like I, I swear to God, if I see Bruno starting on a Thursday night, I'm going to lose it. Yeah, I think and, I think we both agree on that one. Yeah, uh, like I mean, yeah, I mean that's a, that's a nice way to look at it because when Diallo and Palistri. Um, slowly get in- integrated to the first team. Like the Europa League is the perfect perfect place to do it, right? And I honestly, I could not care any less if we get knocked out. Like it does not matter to me. Me neither. And I think that's the mentality yeah. of a lot of fans too. Um, we're going to look at the Europa League with disgust because we were. I mean, you know, it's kind of like you're you're dating this this really hot chick, right? And she's and she's great. You know what I mean? Things are going well, and she's just so beautiful. And, you know, she breaks up with you. She breaks your heart and you're devastated. So in your state of desperation, you go for a rebound. And, you know, this, this rebound chick is probably not as beautiful, but she's comfortable and you're familiar with her. <laughs> and that's what, specific, dude. <laughs> that, that's what the Europa League is for Manchester United. I think that's pretty apt. That's a, that's a nice way to put things. Yeah, I I I can't. I'm excited to see Diallo play once he arrives in January. Yeah, on, to be honest with you, from what I've seen from Pilistri, I'm not that impressed. Um, he's I've, playing well. He's sure, been scoring goals and uh, sure, but I've I've seen him um, playing in the reserves and I've seen the highlights. I haven't watched full games. I'll be honest, but I mean, he doesn't and he doesn't look anything like. I just think of um, uh, that that player that recently left Gomez that is now playing in Portugal. Um, I just think they have a similar, like they're similar type players. I I don't see anything too special. Um, Diallo, I think I'm Diallo, little, yeah. I'm a little bit more yeah. hopeful because yeah. you know, I mean, he's played senior games and he's he actually subbed on for a couple of Champions League games for for yeah, I saw, yeah. Uh, Atlanta. He well, in his uh... he had some chances. He could have scored actually. Yeah, yeah. So uh, fingers crossed for him. I have more. I'll be honest with you. I have more hopes for Diallo than I do Pacundo Pelistri. Pelistri. Yeah. I really hope that we do. I mean, it's very, very unlikely it will get business done in January, but really, it, it, so many things could happen from now till early January as well. You know, I think the best business that we could do for the January window would be not bringing in players, but getting rid of players. Um, namely, Marcus Rojo, Phil Jones, Jesse. Um, Jesse, yeah. Pr- probably if we're keeping Hendo, maybe get rid of Romero. I mean, oh, we have to get rid of Romero at this point. Why do we have to? Because because of the bad vibes. 
that, and we also have Hugh Grant. Yeah, but no, but Hugh, Hugh Grant is acting oh, more wait, like a coach. Hugh Grant or Lee Grant? Lee Grant. Lee Grant. Hugh Grant is an actor, act- I think. Actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, Anyways, Lee Grant, I think he's more of like a coach. British, right? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think Lee Grant's more of a coach these days. Like, he doesn't really train. He just kind of coaches. Yeah, but he's the third string. It's like Romero deserves to leave at this point. He's, I know. I feel bad for Romero. Yeah. Um, let's sort of move on. Let's kind of... So this pivots the conversation, you know, what do we prioritize? And we obviously will not be... Hopefully we're not prioritizing the Europa League, but we should prioritize the league itself. And I say this because around this time, usually in the last few years, we're already out of the Premier League race, title race. I'm pretty sure we were like 10 or 12 points behind at this I mean, time. Last. Yeah, because Liverpool was bossing it. Right. But I think this is going to be the lowest point total in in the top four since like Leicester won it four years ago. Maybe. Um, yeah. It's, it, you know, it, this is a very volatile league right now, you know. Um, like for once, I would just want to be in, in the hunt in like once. February or, or March. Like I think we, if we rest our players on Thursdays, like if we really just focus on the league, I, I'm happy. Like I, I'm, I'd be happy. Like I, this, I just don't know what we're gonna get with this team. Every single match day, I don't know which team is gonna turn up, and I don't have, I don't have confidence, uh, in our team to be honest. I mean, just the, the inconsistency that I've seen is is the only thing that we're consistent at is being inconsistent. And that's sad. That is pain. So I don't, to be honest, I don't know where we're going to end up. Um, it's impossible to predict where we're going to end up this season. Unless we, you know, get our act together and we start stringing, stringing in a couple games. I don't know. Imagine we smash City on Saturday and we're just so confused. Because we really just, we just don't know. I mean, at that point, it's like, I think they're just doing it on purpose, to be honest. Like, they're just, they're... They're they're just toying with us at this point. Yeah. Before we move on to the city match, let's talk about Ollie. You know, there's been it's been heated as ever, you know, whether Ollie stays or if he should leave. Personally, I don't see any reason to sack him right now. I really don't, because I don't want to go through the transitional process over again. It's- I mean, here's here's the reality. At the end of the day, you know, it's pretty clear that Oli has the full support of the board and he's not going anywhere. Um, not in the near term. What I would like to think is the board doesn't see Oli as a long-term manager, but as a short to medium-term um, solution to a core problem that's been in the club, that's been rotten in the club. So I'd like to think that they see Ole as say, laying down the foundation or, you know, putting the initial bricks of the foundation so that we won't, we do get that world-class manager, right? The one that we can really believe in that can take us to the next level, you know, that he can do it from um, a solid foundation. I think that's what I'd like to think is the plan and who that manager is. I I don't know. I don't know. You know who's a good manager? Julian Nagelsmann, the RB Leipzig manager. He looks to be a really promising manager. I've had Liverpool supporting friends tell me that he's going to replace Klopp, and I sure hope not. 
I sure hope not. I mean, Klopp signed a new contract late as of late, didn't he? Yeah, for another two years. Or, it's not that long. Not that he, long. he said he's definitely going to leave eventually. I mean, I could see Nagelsmann at, at Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> Very easily. But anyways, I mean, regardless, all that to say, I think that we're waiting for that world-class manager. Like, say what you will about Ole, but I feel like this is as stable as we've been in the... I mean, sorry, not in terms of consistently, but like consistency, but like... Because we've had a lot of problems, you know, regarding like the style of play yeah. or locker room drama, like with Mourinho. It was way worse with, with Jose, as much as I love him. I agree. And 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 Louis Van Gaal, those days, it was it, it got pretty boring to watch. I, I agree, hundred percent. And I I think the board can see that. I think they can see that there are some po- things trending in the positive direction. There are some blips. Here and there, but the trend overall is positive in the right areas. I think he is building, yeah, as you said, he's building the foundational blocks to a long, sustained success. Not like the quick, let's say, you know, like Chelsea, though, they'll, they'll be really good one year like with Conte and then they'll be poor and then they'll, they'll rebound. You know, it's up and down with Chelsea, right? I think yeah. this, I, I do see, I do see what we're trying to do. There is a direction. To be fair, though, I think Chelsea's doing the same thing with Lampard to a certain extent. Except yeah, the difference, Lampard. The, Lampard. yeah. But what, the difference with Chelsea is that they spent a lot of money. Like they let, they allowed Frank to get the players he wanted. Unlike but I think it's because they had that transfer ban last year too. So it was like two transfer windows in one. Just sure, make up but I mean, if you compare our two transfer windows with, I think with with Chelsea's two transfer windows, you would still pick out Chelsea as. Having the yeah. having the better transfers for sure. Yeah, I'm still not convinced by Chelsea. I mean, yeah, that's that's another that's another, they're yeah, doing yeah. well though. I mean, they're 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 up there. They're up there in the conversation. So they are, but I still take a depleted Liverpool squad over Chelsea at the moment. Yeah, kudos to Liverpool to be honest, because they've had some extremely bad luck with injuries, but they're they still manage to um, stay at the top and perform well in Europe. So. I mean, that's, kudos that's to them. Great, that's great coaching. Um, they still have great players too. Uh, Fabinho has been playing well at center back. Yeah. Um, they had Jota. Like he had that one spell was like he was on fire. He was like scoring hat tricks left and right or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's just a well function functioning machine. And the young academy players that have come in, they've they've done a they've done a good job as well. So you know, it's 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 credit to their academy, but. You know, we're not going to give too much credit to Liverpool because we hate Liverpool. Exactly. Uh, speaking of another rival, but they're not doing as well. You have City this weekend. And I'm not really sure what to think of them. I think they're going through some transitional phase. It seems like to me, they're definitely not as good as they were two years ago. For sure. You know, it's really interesting with City. I mean, it seems like they've been inconsistent and not as good, but they're still so, so good. Like, they're still better than everybody else in a way. But they've been on a decline since last year. You know, they're like that title race was not, wasn't even the title race. Like, City Agreed. dropped so many points. They Agreed. Their back line, very questionable, partly due to injuries, yes. But I mean, if you're Pep and you're spending that much money, though, that's sort of. A little bit unacceptable for his standards. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just frustrated um, because they know how good they are. They have so much talent, but they just keep falling short, just short. 
And I don't know. I feel like this this season, I think they're going to put a lot of focus into the Champions League. I think that's their one. That's the one thing that Pep is missing from his stint at Manchester City, where it feels like his job isn't finished yet. So I think this season, I think he's going to put all his eggs in one basket as much as he can um, with the Champions League. So whenever he whenever he has his squads for the Premier League, I think he's going to factor in if he has a Champions League game that same week. I think we'll see some different rotations. But then again, what do I know? Yeah, that that Champions League uh, search, you know, has been going on for years. I think that one year they lost Tottenham. They had that disallowed goal in the last minute. That was crazy. Okay. I mean, they've been I, in I, last I don't the last semifinal. I can't bear myself to watch City games. I just can't do it. Don't, don't you remember that year when Liverpool and Tottenham were in the finals? Like, uh, yeah. in the quarterfinals, yeah. Tottenham, they came back. You know, they beat them on away goals. But um, City could have won in the last, like, 95th minute or whatever. But VAR disallowed Sterling's goal. I still remember that. And... Last year, think about last year, a man with um, was it the, it, the it Lyon was, match? It was Lyon, right? Match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how can you? Yeah, I mean, that's just they just choked that one. I mean, like that was really their big opportunity. Like the only other opposition they would have faced would would have been Bayern Munich. Because I, I don't I, think I, any team would have beat Bayern that year and last year, to be honest. Yeah, Bayern was strong, strong. But, like that was, they had the best player in the world at the time. Yep. Lewandowski. All right. Sorry, well, Fonzie. Fonzie, Canadian. Um, yeah. He's, he's, he's back in training. So, you know, good news oh, yeah. for him. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think, I think we're heading towards the end of, uh, of this episode here. Um, I mean, again, looking to the city game on Saturday. I mean, yeah, it's all hands on deck for the Premier League at this point. Um, uh, so, you know, all of our attention should should be on getting consistent in the Premier League, and it starts with City on Saturday. Um, do you want to give us uh, any predictions, goal prediction, squad, the lineup, anything? Mm, I think it'll be a one-one draw. I don't know when Cavani and Martial are coming back. I don't know how severe their injuries are. We sorely missed them mm-hmm. uh, yesterday as well. I think they were minor. They should be back in the squad. I I'm hoping to see a four-two-three-one. I don't think Shaw. I think Shaw was a bit rushed, definitely. So I think I'll see. I think we'll see Teas, Maguire, Lindelof, Wambasaka, yep. with De Gea starting. Fred should be ready to go. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't play Fred. Uh, play McTominay, Bruno, and then up top we're at front three: Rashford, Cavani, and Greenwood. That's ideally, yeah, yeah, that's ideally. Our best lineup. That's definitely our yeah. best lineup. I agree. Um, in terms of what kind of results, I think it's probably going to be a yeah. What'd you say? I said a one-all draw. Yeah, I'll second that. I think it's going to be a one-all draw. Yeah, and they're going to lose their minds. The whole internet's going to lose their minds because season's over, which it isn't. To be honest, we're five points away from the top with a game in hand. I think we're doing just fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it is still early days, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. I mean, when what when did this season start? When when was the first game? Was it September? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, usually we start like mid August, right? 
So usually there's like two or three more games that we would have played by now. Um, so, you know, it's still, it's, it's still early again, long way to go, but we're starting to see what kind of team we are. And I don't know, it's not the best. Listen, like we, you know, those amazing victories against, you know, Southampton and West Ham, those like comeback victories, right? Mm. Would we have won those games two years ago? Who knows, man? <laughs> I mean, I don't who knows? Think so. So that's a sign in itself. All right, and we'll 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 leave it at that um, on a positive note, at least. And um, so that's going to do it for us here at Stratford and Chat. Uh, remember, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Stratford Chat. Um, you know, growing our follower count is very much appreciated. I think we're still at a measly two. So if you are listening, be sure we to doubled our followers. We oh, that's it. Hey, another positive spin, Chris. I. I like that. I respect it. Um, so yeah, if uh, if you guys are listening, if anybody's out there listening, uh, definitely go follow us. And um, with that being said, yeah, we're you know catch us back here again on uh, on Sunday to recap the Manchester Derby on Saturday. So uh, until then, see you guys. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>